today I'm talking with Hannah Baggs, who is so close to graduating at Bowdoin College, and she is from Columbus, Ohio. She's majoring in Earth and Oceanographic Studies and Education, and in the fall, or I guess in August, you'll be working at Keystone Science School in Colorado. Yeah. So hello. Hi. Okay, so we are sitting outside on the quad in the shade. It is um, one of those days where we say climate change is real and it's <laughs> almost 90 in um, Brunswick, Maine in May. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to ask you three questions and I'll be responsible for taking you through them. And they are, what's most important to you? What does a liberal arts education mean to you? And um, what do you wish your professors knew about you? And I'll ask you the bonus question at some point in here also, which is since you took my first year seminar and then you took the 3000 level teaching pathway courses with me this senior fall, I'll ask you a little bit about where you thought you'd be or what's changed since those early days at Bowdoin. <laughs> yeah, so, um, what's most important to you? Um, so I think the things that I value most, uh, particularly that I've learned I've valued most in college, are probably my relationships with other people um, and kind of the friends that I've made and kind of friends that I've kept over the years um, and kind of time spent with them and how to balance time with different people. Um, I found that to be super important because I have a lot of friends in a lot of different places around mm -hmm. Bowdoin. Um, and then something else that has really come about more the last couple of years than previously was um, probably my ability to like go outside and be outside and like experience Maine and other places um, and kind of the both the freedom to do that and the like I have privilege in a lot of ways to be able to go where I want and kind of like do things that I haven't done before and kind of develop different skills in those areas um, but also just to like I don't know that's definitely the way that I clear my head in a lot of ways. Mm. I was so. going to ask you, what does being outside do for you? Oh, yeah. It just makes me feel immediately better <laughs> about whatever <laughs> is going on. Um, and uh, also finding people to do that with is awesome because I find that there's really particular people that I travel really well with. Um, so, yeah, just being able to go out and, like, hike and explore and go on little adventures has been really valuable to me. What's been your favorite thing you've done outdoors while you've been at Bowdoin? Oh my gosh. I don't know. There are just some times where I just feel like so happy when I'm outside. And a lot of times it's like in the car on the way there or the way back. Huh. Or like, um, I don't know, various things. But like I, uh, I love like long canoe trips when it's like, you're kind of like canoeing on like, I don't know, like really cool rivers or lakes that are like just completely gorgeous and it's not super windy and you're just like enjoying it. Or um, I also like going on really big hikes with people and like particularly hikes that like kind of like good weather and like really ambitious ones. Like mm -hmm. when you get to share it with like really fun 
people who are hiking at your pace. And, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, that's there are those times where I'm just like, wow, this is so fun, and I'm like so happy to be doing this, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I love that idea because that's something you can do forever. Yeah, exactly. That's not something. There are so many things that are fun that are fun. Yeah. Only when you're young, maybe. Yeah. You know, and um, but those are those are all activities that mm-hmm. can happen for a lifetime. Oh, really, I know. If you're, if you're lucky. Yeah, definitely. Um, if there's a place that you think all Bowdoin students should go see, experience, <laughs> be a part of, what do you think it is? Um, I think, well, the first thing that would come to mind was hike Katahdin in some way, or like go see Katahdin. Um, but really like if you have the ability to hike it, I would say hike it. And like, um, and there's that like Baxter State Park in general. I've never been to amazing. Baxter State Park. Yeah. I've never I, hiked It was Katahdin. my first hike ever. Like I had never, no. I didn't really realize I had gone on like nature walks in high school. I was going to ask you, were I, you an outdoors no, person not at, well, before you came here? No, I was a theater kid in high school, ah. um, which I loved and it was great. And I had awesome friends in that environment, but like Columbus, like, like inner city Columbus didn't really allow, like we went camping every summer, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, for like a few days, like three or four days, um, at like, and that was like really awesome and I loved that and like I loved going like finding things in various creeks around Ohio and I think Ohio is a really beautiful place but I didn't necessarily get the same type of like wilderness exposure um in a lot of ways and I don't think I was ever in the backcountry in a lot of ways which is Hmm. really cool but like I yeah freshman fall I was just very I know we're getting into the other questions out but (laughs) freshman fall I was just like I was for some, I just like signed up for all sorts of things that like by myself that was like super fun, but um, just had no idea what I was getting into most of the time. And I just was like, yeah, I could, I could get, do Katahdin. And it was just like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. But it was also amazing and incredible. And um, I think that that's a di- very different way of seeing Maine than most other places. You can go. What was that like for you to hike Katahdin, which Well, I is, kind of, like, I kind I, <laughs> I... Did you have one appropriate of the harder foot, hikes. Did, I was going to say, did you have appropriate uh, I did. footwear? Yeah, I, mean, I did. I just wouldn't say I knew what was... I didn't really realize that, like, in a lot of ways, hiking is sort of, like, walking up stairs for hours. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> um, I, like... Definitely had amazing, like, there are these two senior girls who were leading that trip, and they were so, like, like, supportive and, like, knew different ways to, like, motivate people. And there were a couple girls on that trip who hadn't been hiking. It was, like, an all-girls trip, which was really cool. Um, but, yeah, Claire Stansbury basically walked oh. behind me the whole way up and the whole way down and just, like, told me riddles and stuff, and I was just, like almost in tears both ways to be honest. it was so hard but it was really cool and like I actually have been back there every year since so you have yeah and it's my favorite mountain for sure have you 
been able to notice the difference yes, in the absolutely. hike. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so much more enjoyable now than it used to be. We would like one summer we just decided to like speed hike it a few weekends in a row and oh it was really goodness. fun. It was like yeah, it was fun to like be able to like see actual progression. Wow. And so you are the co-president of the Outing Club yeah, now, right? And yeah, so that's definitely. amazing that mm-hmm. especially when I think sometimes folks have an impression. I'll, I know that there have been different programs. I can't remember. What's the program to get people who've never been outside doing much outdoor stuff? Is that Oz LT? Out of the zone? Out of the, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. out of the zone. Yeah. Um, but then I think a lot of people see outing club as like oh this is this is for kids who for students you know who've gone on outward bound kind of programs and don't know or wear chacos or or flannel and use now you know like yeah yeah, there's a definite aesthetic that I think is and you went from coming here from inner city Columbus yeah to being the (laughs) co-president of outing club yeah definitely and I think that's something I don't know. I think I definitely think a lot about like, particularly because this year, um, I was doing leadership instructor training in the fall and then in the spring, but I was more involved with it in the fall. And that's like when we help out, like upperclassmen will help out the new leadership training mm-hmm. groups, um, which is where they like have underclassmen come and like, um, tr- like uh, like learn how to be out in club leaders, and do learn a lot of other like outdoor and leadership skills as well. And like that was, um, we got, we actually got a lot of say in kind of like picking the new LT group and kind of, Mm -hmm. we like, they took a lot of our input, uh, like the seniors who were involved input and like Mm -hmm. who to like come in. And like, I was definitely very conscious of kind of like, oh, like are we picking these people because they look like they belong here or because we think they're gonna make, like be good leaders. And I think that that's a really important distinction to make in a lot of ways where it's like, I think you're going to get a much more, like, diverse and, like, kind of, like, rich, like, group of people if you pick people that you wouldn't necessarily, like, expect to see, which I think they actually do and, like, attempt to do in a lot of ways, but it's hard to kind of fight the the image, I mm-hmm. guess, of that. that. Well, and it's, I think the fact that you were there have making those, or giving those reminders... Yeah, is an definitely. Important there are definitely people where, who would like come and, and like I don't know like some people might sort of like perceive them as being kind of like oh like oh I don't know like I don't know if they would like lead trips or I don't know if they would be a good fit for this program and I'm like well they remind like me a lot of me when I was a freshman yes. <laughs> so like I would like them to be here you know or like things like that where I'm like I feel like these people just there's a lot of people who like make a big impression and there's a lot of people who you need to meet a, for a little bit more. Yes. And I think they know that and they like, there's a lot of, that's great. That's considered definitely. That's right. But that is what one of the values of diversity and all the ways Absolutely. we think about diversity yeah. in that you, the fact of your being there mm-hmm. alters who's going to come after Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm um, both for in, sure. both in reminding folks who should we, how should we be listening and looking at people or listening to people and looking at their applications, but also maybe other people hearing your story and saying, oh, I could do that too. That would be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what does a liberal arts education mean to you? 
Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about this more recently because I definitely... Um, there were a lot of classes I took at Bowdoin that I thought were incredible and super valuable to my education. And there were a lot of classes I took at Bowdoin that I don't feel like contributed very much to <laughs> my education or like, just like, I just had a really hard time engaging with. And, um, I think that do you want to name them or not name them? It is your choice. <laughs> well, or you can say I had a really hard can... time picking a major at Bowdoin because I sort of took a lot of intro. I think it might be a function of intro classes too, but I took a lot of intro classes and I just like didn't, I just like couldn't find anything that I really liked, mm -hmm, I guess. And mm -hmm. so I really liked education, but at the time you couldn't, I mean, still you can't just major in education, right. which I think is really cool that you always balance it with right. something else. Um, but there were just a lot of classes that I took that I'm like, oh, I thought I would like this anthro class or this, <laughs> I don't know, other class or all right. these different, like, I've, I don't know. Um, and, and then I kind of get into it and I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> right. It's, oops, we'll wait for the bells for a second. Yeah. <laughs> No. There's going to be 12 of them. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I can talk through this part. Yeah, totally. Um, so, <laughs> um, I think one of the things that's really difficult about intro classes is that you may not get the best idea of what it means to study yeah, something absolutely. through that course that is usually larger, mm -hmm. is more of a survey. And yeah. so it is, and then you're sort of having to gauge the idea of like, well, do I want to take one more in this to find out? And yeah, when exactly. you are calculating. Or there's upperclassmen classes that you'd be like, I'd be really interested in taking that, but I have to take the intro in order to take that, which exactly. makes sense, I think, in some situations and in others, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, right. Um, but, I think in general, a liberal arts education, at least a, a Bowdoin experience, um, which I would associate with a liberal arts mm -hmm. education, um, is about, I think it's a lot about like Bowdoin, like the size of Bowdoin and kind of the like interaction. Like for me, it's been about kind of balancing my academics with other parts of my life. Um, and finding that like a lot of times the things I'm learning in classes are more relevant in different situations or are um, or that that the things that I'm doing outside of class are in a lot of ways educating me or like I'm learning from those in ways that are much more valuable than things I'm learning in class. Hmm. Um, Can you give an example of either um, di either direction? Well, I think a lot of this uh at least in the things that I'm learning in class that I find very interesting, though maybe not, like, have a hard time seeing how I would use it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, this fall, when I took your classes, I, oh, I found a lot that, like, oh, like, 
when I apply this to a classroom setting, it's like when I apply these uh, kind of strategies for teaching in a classroom setting, it feels kind of awkward in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, whereas I, when I was working with leadership training, um, it felt very natural and it felt like I could actually use and think about the things I was doing in your class in a way that was like very, very applicable to my life and really cool to like work with like younger college students and um, to kind of think about uh, ways to teach and like ways and like what to think about in their lives as mm. well and how, mm -hmm. which was really cool to kind of yeah. be like, okay, well, I'm with these people for two and a half days sort of kind of facilitating their leadership development I guess we weren't really like leading anything but we were we were there as facilitators mm -hmm. as like gu like guidance and things like that and that was really cool to kind of be like okay well I just practiced this in a middle school classroom but now I also get to practice it like outside right with students I love that it was so fun and yeah, it was that awesome. That makes me so happy. Olivia also has, with her work with FLY, which mm -hmm. is... Oh, FLY is such a good program. Um, do you know what the, it stands for? I know it's a... Fostering Female Leadership in Youth. In, right. So it's a female leadership group, but she has been using what she learned in those classes and completely revamping the curriculum that oh, they teach that's so for cool. FLY. Yeah. And so for me, that is the real test, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so... Of course I want you to do well while you're in the class, but for yeah. me, the real excitement is if you come and tell me, yeah, this is how I used it somewhere. Yeah, at, definitely. And it's that transfer that I yeah. think is uh, most rewarding that I hear about, and hopefully for you, it's mm -hmm. um, what makes it worthwhile. I heard, I saw you also using so many skills that you had brought from your study away in New Zealand into class. How so? When you, I thought that some of the interpretive work that you had done for that, um, Oh yeah. Um, tell, can you talk a little bit about what you did while you were abroad? And then, yeah, definitely. And then, because I saw that coming into play quite a bit in Absolutely. your, in your, um, ability to create yeah. materials yeah, absolutely. For, for middle school students. That's kind of funny because I've actually done versions of that project in a lot of different settings because um, I kind of did that for Kent Island as mm. well. Um, but I was working on, um, while I was abroad, we I did a six-week field camp, like geologic field camp. Um, and, then as, and then I spent five months at the University of Canterbury in Christchurch, New Zealand. And as part, as kind of like, a continuation of field camp one of our courses that we took at the university was an independent research project um, and my project was uh, well that my directors of my program frontiers abroad are developing um, a new it's kind of a new geo park which is right outside of Christchurch on this uh, really cool ancient volcanic like volcanic peninsula um, Banks Peninsula and they have like all these uh, kind of geo sites identified. Geoparks are kind of like, they're not really a thing in the United States, but they are very popular in like Eurasia and um, parts of Australia. New Zealand doesn't have one yet. Um, and so it's basically like an area that has a lot of really unique geologic, biologic, uh, and like cultural history. Uh, and they're kind of bringing all those together into kind of a national park type of setting. Um, but it's a little, it's a little more like grassroots up mm -hmm. versus top down. 
Um, And they don't have any educational materials developed yet. So as part of my project, I was developing kind of like uh, strategies for creating educational materials through creating um, uh, different displays and brochures and um, kind of like what could come next for one particular geosite um, on the peninsula. And that was really cool um, to kind of think about uh, kind of a lot of historical and uh, contexts of uh, how people, like how people lived uh, in this like area that has really unique geology and um, biology in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know, I think that I thought a lot about like public engagement and like what people who were visiting would find interesting. Not necessarily people of a particular age, but people who were like uh, from uh, basically all over the world. Um, Mm. And I don't know, I think that I'm not sure if interpreting like interpretive educational materials is necessarily what I'm interested in doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but thinking about how people engage with both wilderness areas and um, other areas of like environmental significance and how they would, what they would want to learn when they were there and what would be like, what would allow them to be more kind of environmentally responsible Mm -hmm. and like have more like self-efficacy and stewardship for that kind of like in those environments. Yeah. Um, So that's really what I was thinking about. And I guess I brought the same type of thing to my, uh, unit (laughs) absolutely (laughs) well and I think it's in many ways I think that is such an expression and embodiment of liberal arts education oh yeah definitely I mean right that it's here you are and here's this place and it could Mm -hmm. be any place it could be a thing right Mm -hmm. and it could mean nothing yeah you brought such significance and meaning to it and interpreting it through both like earth you know earth and oceanographic science through uh, sociology through history you know you're bringing yeah, and absolutely. then bringing this perspective of thinking about what are the needs and questions individuals are bringing mm-hmm. to this and depending on who they are it may um they may be really different needs and questions and yeah yeah I see that as such an expression of the way that you've learned here absolutely you yeah. have a very sweet oh caterpillar <laughs> on you that's funny. Um, so what has changed for you for, from if you could imagine sitting in that first year <laughs> seminar room in Canbar yeah. and where you are today? <laughs> I mean, if you want to think about how you've changed or what you envisioned what Bowdoin would be like for you and how... Yeah. It actually played out? Like, what? Definitely. Uh, I think a lot has changed um, in a lot of ways. I feel very different than when I came to Bowdoin. And I think that in, like, ways that, like, I wanted to grow and, I guess, ways that I didn't really expect to grow, but I'm happy that I did. Um, Are you willing to elaborate on what those were? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I think that, like, in high school, I was always very un sure I guess in a lot of ways on kind of like what I wanted kind of like how I 
some like kind of like how I pictured myself and how like I wasn't really necessarily the person I thought I wanted to be in a lot of mm. ways I don't know in some ways I had this like sort of like distant image of my future self as like and I don't really know what that image was but it it's I think that in a lot of ways without realizing it I've sort of I'm a little more like that person that I sort of like had like goals to be in a yeah. lot of ways like a little more confident than I ever was before and um uh much more of a doer <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. um I don't know it, it's interesting because in high school and I think it was a function of kind of like my school I always thought of myself as more of a thinker um and a lot of my friends all my friends were thinkers uh and I think that I think that in an interesting way I don't think I actually was a thinker um I think that I that's maybe another function of a liberal arts education is that like I've been surrounded by a lot of people who are very idea centered and like like to discuss ideas and I that's something I've actually struggled with a lot is because a lot of times I'm I think that that's pushed me a lot to kind of try to talk about like ideas and kind of how um particularly just by function of like the way that most majors are set up that like you start to think more about like theory and um kind of like how that plays into more practical means mm-hmm. um but I think I've also realized that I've I think that I am a more practical person in general and I'm not sure if I thought I knew that when I was younger mm. um and that I've come into that a little more in terms of like being able to, to sort of like set goals of kind of like what I want to do long term and like what I want to like how do I get there and kind of like thinking about hmm. strategies in which to do that. That was all very big. Yeah. Do you <laughs> do you regret coming to a liberal arts college now that you no, realize not at all. that you're more of a doer than a you know that yeah, you're more yeah, definitely. Uh, action oriented rather than idea not oriented. Not at all because I think that now I'm a better thinker and a better doer in mm. a lot of ways where like I think that particularly a lot of my really close friends have pushed me to think about things that I hadn't really thought about before um and uh I think that it it's just like a very I think that in a lot of ways um It's interesting. I think I I now kind of understand a lot more how to talk and about like issues of like race, class, and gender, and how to like how much more those matter in my life. Which is interesting because I like went to a high school in which like race and class in particular were ex- extremely like prevalent parts of being mm-hmm. at that high school, and I think that in a lot of ways I kind of under understood it from a very different perspective and then coming here is like it's just interesting the things we talk about yes. here are not the things we talked about <laughs> in high school <laughs> where in high school it was very much like oh doing things with less and like doing more with less yeah. or uh being able to um kind of like we were the underdogs but we were doing really well even though we were the underdogs and then like at Bowdoin you're in this like really 
uh, wealthy, privileged space. So we talk about privilege a lot. Right. That was something we didn't talk about in high school. So I'm like, yeah, I think I have a lot of privileges having grown up, particularly in the environment that I did. Um, but I think understanding that and kind of, and a lot of like more like issues of gender, I think weren't as on my mind in high school as they are now. And I think yeah. that I've actually been exposed to a lot to like kind of understanding that a lot more and maybe even being in, in that context mm -hmm. more as well. So I think that that was really valuable. Like, and I think that Bowdoin, all the things I've experienced at Bowdoin sort of led to who I am now. So I don't mm -hmm. think I would have rather been anywhere else as well. I'm going to focus on one thing just for a second yeah, because definitely. I'm, I'm I, it's come up a lot in different classes and conversations I've had this year. And it, I'm curious if you feel like you have anything more to say about it or not, but, yeah. um, you know, we are in an environment at Bowdoin where there are people who do come from incredible degrees of privilege and yeah. we need to recognize that we're all privileged yes. by virtue of being here. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, but there are also folks, and this is uh, mm -hmm. who are coming from backgrounds that are not, even though we're all privileged to be here. Yeah. And a number of privileges clearly were in play, whether they were somehow like cognitive gifts or yeah. a family, or do you hear the woodpecker? Yeah. I won't do it again now that we were quiet. Oh, there it goes. There it yeah. is. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's supportive family yeah. or some luck that was the form of privilege, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. um, we all had some of it. But there are also some bare facts that some folks did not come from yeah, privileged absolutely. backgrounds, yeah. right? And so it sometimes feels hard to focus on privilege so much if you're not yeah. from that place. Absolutely. Did you, have you ever felt like, okay, enough of that talk, you all need to work through that and come back to us later on, you know, come back to me later on? Yeah, I think it does feel like, and I know a lot of people have said this, that like Bowdoin has a lot, I think, of problems in terms of the way people think or like in terms of like that on the one hand we kind of have uh, kind of like what everyone seems to think people think and then the sort of realization that there's a lot of campus that doesn't think that but won't voice it and a lot of that campus has the tendency that part of campus mm -hmm. has me the tendency to be more wealthy mm. and a little more like disconnected I guess mm -hmm. or at least that's how it feels yep um and then we we'll we'll have these like campus-wide talks in which we just talk and then nothing really comes about that and mm -hmm. I know that that's been like reiterated a lot right um so and in some ways I think that like I as a like biracial middle class student who looks very white, um, sort of like 
sort of straddle that edge, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. not really... Yeah. Not the, like, the kind of, like, oh, like, the, like I don't think I can ever... I don't think I've ever been or could ever really be grouped into, like, oh, like, you are definitely, like, I don't know, like, kind of, like, from, like, inner city Columbus and that have, like, this background of that, I don't know, like, that I've somehow been, like, wronged by issues of class and gender and, like, because, like, I just don't really, that's, I think there are certain, I don't know, um, like, I think that, like, that's not how people would perceive me. Right. In a lot of ways. Right. Um, and also when I was in Columbus, like being middle class in Columbus, I think is being middle different than being middle class in the Northeast in a lot of ways. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay. You have a, um, another thing you have, oops, wait, wait, bring oh. your hair back over. Oh, we have a, a we have a very friendly <laughs> caterpillar. <laughs> Probably I'm just going to take one. it. Oops. Oh, there we you. go. Um, I just didn't want you to be surprised by that That's inside okay. your head. Later. <laughs> That's all right. Um, Right, and it seems like you likely, um, based on how you look mm-hmm. and how people may perceive you, you yeah. may end up in situations where there's assumptions about who you are and what you think. I think that that's that, happened quite a bit right, as well. Yeah, where where you're you're like you are making assumptions about me that may not be entirely correct. Right yeah, now. definitely. Hmm. But I think that. I don't know. That happens anywhere. To it everyone. happens anywhere, and I don't know how bothered I am. Yeah. <laughs> but in some ways. Um, I interrupted you because I wanted to follow no, through on, on just thinking about yeah, um, about some of the ways that you had changed from your yeah. um, sort of this, this sort of vague idea of self <laughs> that you had and coming into yourself of being more confident and being this, you know, being this person who's a thinker and a, and a doer, right? But, <laughs> but, but realizing that the identity of thinker is not necessarily yeah. the, pro, the predominant yeah. one. I think that became very evident in a lot of my classes. Because, <laughs> I I, like, going back to that question of, like, what would I want my mm. professors to know, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I think that... I there's been a lot of classes in which I feel very disengaged and feel kind of bad about it but then feel kind of like I don't know like I think the way that I think I don't do as well in the sort of like college design of class in a lot of ways um and I think that's a function of wanting to be a more like kinesthetic learner Mm -hmm. and like kind of like out there more like doing things and like I struggle a lot with like very long readings or like <laughs> like sometimes writing papers just feels like pulling teeth or like you know yeah. things like that where I'm just like ah like um and there have definitely been times at Bowdoin where I and I think I've gotten way better at it than what oh my gosh first semester freshman year was not that great <laughs> in terms of <laughs> like realizing what college work was like and realizing like how I had taken on too much of it uh, um, <laughs> but like uh, now I feel like much more prepared to kind of like work in kind of like the way that I need to here at Bowdoin. Uh, but I still don't think it's my preferred way of working. And I think that like, um, sometimes I would have a lot of problems in particularly classes that I wasn't as engaged with the material with 
in like uh, participating or kind of like mm-hmm. um, I don't know, kind of like engaging with the work in ways that I would want to. I would say something if about you that I've noticed <laughs> since we met in your first <laughs> semester, first year, is that I would absolutely say that you are someone who not only has incredible amounts of self-knowledge, but that you wear it incredibly well. Mm. That you are unapologetic about the self-knowledge you have, right? <laughs> and you say, like, this is how I prefer to learn, or this, these are the activities that are worthwhile yeah. to me. And um, it's okay that they may not be yeah. the same that you value. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that that's really wonderful <laughs> that you've been able to um, f- find that uh, sort of understanding about yourself, but then also yeah. feel really um, inside your own skin about yeah, articulating absolutely. it. Yeah, I think that's that has been definitely a function of a lot of like peer mentors that I've had Hmm. as well. I think that like I've met a lot of people at Bowdoin who were also very confident, a lot of women, a lot of like older women Hmm. um, who have graduated now at Bowdoin who were like just people that I looked up to a lot and people that I wanted to spend time with and like grow from. And I think that that really helped me a lot Hmm. at Bowdoin as well and most of them were through the outing club so I think that that was another kind of function of that well I want to let you go study for your final absolutely okay (laughs) yeah thanks Anna thank you